This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Ever podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley but joining me as ever is the main man himself. He is the captain of our ship, the headliner of the preview show. It is of course Dave Statman Roberts. Hi Dave, how are you? I'm much happier after the last couple of results Natalie, yes very much yeah, so. Yeah, absolutely. How how are you feeling leaving Turf Moor on Sunday? Um, well, happy, relieved. Um, yeah, good, good couple of back to back home wins. Can't beat that. And out of the relegation zone for the first time since October. I'd forgot, I, I don't think I'd realized we'd been down there for quite as long as we had. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's been slightly false to some extent because of the games in hand we've had. So mm. that's it's perhaps looked worse than it has actually been because yeah. of the games in hand. Um, obviously, that not really in well. Everton still have a game in hand on us now, don't they? But um, it's it's evened itself out a little bit, and I think it's um, a fair reflection of of where we are. And uh, yeah, it's perhaps back in our hands a little bit now, isn't it? It's not it's not fully back in our hands, is it? Because I think no. if if Everton um, if Everton do win that game in hand, they go back above us, and then it's out of our hands. But um, if they lose that game in hand, then it's completely in our hands to the end of the season, and that is just exactly how you want it to be. Um, and we're also chasing Leeds tails as well, of course, uh, Dave. You and I talked about this a couple of podcasts ago. Yeah, they're they're still in it. I think they an, another win or two, and that would get them out of it. But um, if they, they've, they've got a tough run of games coming. I was up, just so, going to say a um, win or two. Where exactly do we think they're going to get those two wins from, though, Dave? Yeah, it's going to be tough the next few games. I think that's going to be tricky for them, and that might put the pressure on a little bit if they mm. if they don't get anything out of those games, um, and we can get a couple of good results, then uh, it puts them right back in the mixer, doesn't it? 
Yeah, definitely. I said this on the analysis show this week. I'm going to predict that Burnley will finish 16th. And actually, yes, it may very well go to the end of the season, but uh, to the last game of the season, but it will be between Everton and Leeds and we will be well out of it. Um, speaking of the analysis show, see listeners, slick little link there. Um, for those of you who haven't yet caught up to date with your episodes, the analysis team did put out a podcast on uh, Tuesday um, looking back at those games against Southampton and Wolves. The boys were in a jovial mood. I was in a jovial mood. And we all got very excited and dreamt about the great escape. So if you haven't yet tuned in, do um, go back a couple of episodes and give that a download. Um, I'm sure you will enjoy it. Um, Now, before we preview this next game, which is obviously why we are here, Dave, we have a quiz question that we need to give an answer to. Now, before, well, at the end, sorry, of the Wolves preview show, before we did play that Wolves game, we asked you the following question. Jay Rodriguez reached a milestone last week when he played his 200th league game for Burnley across both of his spells at the club. But who were the opposition when he played his first ever league match for the Clarets and what was the year? Dave, can we please have from you correct answers and any correct submissions, please? Uh, yeah, indeed. Uh, the correct answer was uh, Bristol City. It was actually his, his debut, his full debut. Um, it was a league match and that was a match which took place in late December 2007, when way back. He was uh, just 18 years old then, uh, came on as a late substitute, and as I say, that was his his Burnley debut. Definitely. And I'm looking on my show script here, listeners, uh, the the tiniest little Jay Rodriguez baby you've ever seen. I can't believe he ever looked that young, looking at him now with his uh, man bun and his uh, wonderful athletic figure. He looks looks tiny, he looks a teeny tiny little little baby when we first got him, which is great to see. Um, Now, did we get any correct answers, please, Dave? Uh, just the one, I believe. I think we um, we had um, Tom Whitaker. He, yes. he chipped in in our uh, in our chat with the uh, correct answer. He got the opposition and the year, which was uh, very well done. Yeah, very impressive. Uh, but I think we seem to have stumped everybody this one because we didn't get any other um, any other um, answers, did we? Uh, I think you maybe start need to start getting these quiz questions a little bit easier, Dave. Oh, we'll see about that at the end of the show for the next one. (laughs) Definitely. Well, listeners, you do not need to wait very long for another opportunity to get a quiz going. You just need to hang around till the end of this show because Dave and I will be set... Dave and I, I won't be doing it. Dave will be setting you a quiz question right at the end of this episode. So stay tuned. Premier League Head to Head. So let's kick on then and let's get on with the preview show, which is, of course, why we are all here. This weekend's another massive Premier League fixture in Burnley Survival Hopes is an away tie at Watford, Saturday the 30th of April, 3pm kickoff, not broadcast live anywhere on TV, in well, live anywhere in the UK, but it is got live commentary on BBC Radio 5 Live, a fact we will come on to shortly. Um, Dave, will you please kick us off with the history of this fixture, please, starting with Premier League meetings? Yes, indeed. Uh, Burnley and Watford have spent four previous Premier League seasons together, meaning that this will be our fifth visit to Vicarage Road for a Premier League match. Uh, Watford were plugging away in the Championship during Burnley's first three Premier League campaigns, um, as well as spending last season in the second tier, Uh, But this is the fifth time we've met in the top flight in the last six seasons. Uh, Our previous four visits to Vicarage Road have been quite productive. Uh, There have been two Burnley wins, one draw and one defeat. Uh, A six-minute red card for Jeff Hendrick uh, for a challenge on Jose Holobas 
hampered the Clarets on a visit in February 2017. Uh, that was a match which, which the Hornets won 2-1, with first-half goals from Troy Deeney and Mbai Niang. Um, and Ashley Barnes' penalty in the second half wasn't enough to salvage anything with 10 men. Uh, in April 2018, Burnley went behind just after the hour mark to a goal from Roberto Pereira, but super sub Sam Vokes made an instant impact, scoring the equaliser just 20 seconds after he'd been introduced, following an Ashley Westwood free kick. And it was another Ashley Westwood free kick, which was the source of Jack Cork's winner just three minutes later to complete a turnaround. Uh, the visiting fans, buoyed by a fourth successive win, sang, We're all going on a European tour, a prophecy that came to pass at the end of that season. Uh, in January 2019, the two teams played out a nil-nil draw, but there was a memorable win the following season in a match which took place in November of 2019. Uh, after a goalless first half, Burnley turned on the style in the second 45 with goals from Chris Wood, a Ashley Barnes penalty and also James Tarkovsky goal to complete an emphatic 3-0 away win. Good stuff. Gosh, there's some good memories in there. Um, we have dispensed with memory match, I think, this, this week, haven't we? Because there wasn't really anything that sprung to mind. Um, so instead, we're going straight into on this day, please. So what's happened on past matches played on the same date as today? On this day! Yeah, we're looking back for the 30th of April and Burnley have eight wins uh, from 22 previous matches played on that date. Uh, after a 2-1 home defeat... Uh, that was to Sunderland in 1892. Uh, Burnley took on Stoke at the Victoria Ground in a vital test match. Uh, you may recall that was a forerunner of the playoffs, uh, and that was in 1898. Um, it just so happened that a draw suited both teams and would ensure that they both remained in the first division. And there were suggestions that neither team exactly exerted themselves um, and <laughs> there was a slightly suspicious goalless uh, draw was played out. Um, there was then a gap of 12 years until a 3-0 home win that was over Lincoln City in 1910. Uh, director Richard Wodge was in caretaker charge of the team following the tragic death of manager Spen Whitaker earlier that month. Uh, in 1921, Burnley drew 1-1 at home to Everton and the home crowd welcomed the team back and were able to see captain Tommy Boyle presented with the league championship trophy as the title had been confirmed in Burnley's previous match. After another 1-1 draw in 1927, this time at home to Leicester, Burnley suffered a couple of away defeats, losing 2-0 at Millwall in 1932 and 2-1 at Sheffield Wednesday in 1938. Burnley's first match on this day after World War II was also a defeat. That was a 2-0 reverse at home to Liverpool in 1949. But Brian Pilkington scored a late winner to ensure a 1-0 away win at Bolton in 1955. Uh, there was a goalless draw against Fulham at Turf Moor in 1960 and then a disappointing 4-0 defeat away at Sheffield Wednesday in the last league match of the 1961-62 season. Uh, the following year, 1963, saw Burnley register a 2-1 home win over West Brom and in 1966, Andy Lockhead scored the only goal in a 1-0 win over Spurs at White Hart Lane. Uh, the next match on this date was 11 years later, in 1977, and was another 1-0 away win, as Peter Noble scored the only goal against Cardiff at Ninian Park. Uh, both Burnley match matches played on April 30th in the 1980s were defeats. Uh, we lost 2-0 at Derby in 1983, and there was a 2-1 home defeat 
Uh, that was to Peterborough United in 1988. Uh, after a couple of home wins in the 1990s, we beat uh, Doncaster Rovers 1-0 in 1991, uh, and then a 4-1 thrashing of Brentford, who had two men sent off in 1994. We then suffered a 3-1 away defeat at Walsall in 1996. Uh, so far, the current millennium has seen one win, one draw and one defeat in that order. We beat Plymouth Argyle 2-0 at home in 2005, then drew 1-1 against Luton Town at Turf Moor in 2006. But the most recent match was a 1-0 defeat uh, that was against Leeds United at Ellen Road in 2011. So to summarise, Burnley have won eight, drawn five and lost nine of 22 previous matches on this date with 22 goals for and 25 against. Well, that concludes our history section of this particular preview show, Dave. So why don't you bring us bang up to date with the present, starting with our scouting report. Scouting report! Yeah, well, Roy Hodgson is the latest manager to go through the constantly revolving door at Vicarage Road to spend time in the Watford hot seat. And it is a hot seat. Uh, coincidentally, he took charge for his first match in the reverse fixture at Turf Moor back in February, which, as we know, ended goalless. Um, it was too late for Roy Hodgson to have any impact in terms of January transfer activity, but Watford did bring in seven players, um, although this only involved a relatively modest outlay of £20 million in transfer fees. Uh, those players, if you're interested, uh, they had uh, Samir, a centre-back, uh, they had Maduka Okoye, a goalkeeper, Edo Kayembe, uh, Hassan Kamara, Samuel Kalu, Yasser Asprilla and Nicholas Nkulu. So they, they brought seven players in, but they were low-key signings, you would say, certainly in Premier League terms, only paying out £20 million in transfer fees. And after starting with a 4-4-2 formation for his first few matches, including the reverse fixture at Turf Moor, uh, this has evolved into a 4-3-3 formation for the majority of Watford's recent matches. Uh, They suffered a heavy 5-1 defeat against Manchester City at the City of Manchester Stadium last weekend, Uh, but that can happen to just about any team. Uh, They started with part-time vlogger Ben Foster in goal, uh, a back four of Hassan Kamara, Samir Santos, Christian Cabaseli and Jeremy Ngakia. Uh, Imran Luzer was in a central defensive midfield role, flanked by Tom Cleverley and Musa Sissoko. And leading the line was Josh King, with Ismail Assar and Emmanuel Dennis in wider attacking roles. Uh, despite their disappointing season to date, Emmanuel Dennis is the Hornets' top scorer and is in double figures already with 10. Uh, Cucho Hernandez, Josh King and Ismail Assar have all scored five goals each. Uh, attacking players also lead the way in terms of fantasy Premier League points. Emmanuel Dennis has accumulated 134 FPL points so far this season, with Josh King on 84 and Ismaila Saar in third on 77. Uh, in terms of injuries, uh, Cucho Hernandez appears to be the only player who's definitely ruled out, although there are doubts over several others, including Quadro Bar. Uh, possibles for Saturday include Francisco Sierra Alta, uh, Samuel Kalu, Juraj Kuka, and Kiko Firmina. Great stuff. Um, who's the referee then, please, Dave, for the weekend's game? Uh, we have got uh, Craig Pawson. Uh, it'll be the third time that Sheffield-based official has taken charge of a Burnley match this season. Uh, as well as being in the middle for a 2-0 home defeat, uh, that was against Manchester City earlier this month, he was also at Turf Moor on a wet and windy evening towards the start of February. 
for our goalless home draw against this weekend's opponents, Watford. Uh, 18 previous Burnley matches have seen him brandish five red cards and all have been shown to Burnley's opponents, although one of those was for Ashley Barnes when he was a Brighton player. Uh, 12 of his 18 matches involving Burnley have been in the Premier League, but other than a win in the League Cup against Burton Albion and another against Brighton in the Championship, both of those were in 2011, the only top-flight Burnley wins have been a 1-0 home victory that was over Middlesbrough on Boxing Day 2016 and the memorable 3-2 away win at Chelsea on the opening day of the 2017-18 season. Uh, finally, for this section, Stuart Atwell will be the video assistant referee on Saturday afternoon. Well, normally at this point to the uh, podcast listeners, we like to bring you our opposition view. But this week, we've got something a little bit different and something quite special. As I mentioned at the outset of the show, this weekend's game is going to be um, live on BBC Five Live. And we are delighted to be joined on the preview show by the match commentator himself, BBC Five Live's Ian Dennis. Mr Ian Dennis, welcome to the Known and Never podcast. It's lovely to have you. Thank you for the invite. Nice to be nice to be on with you, Natalie. Exactly. It's uh, it's not often that we get uh, such a prestige guest on the on the podcast. We're very pleased to have you. Um, let's dive straight in because we have got another excruciatingly massive game for us this weekend in our bid for perhaps the greatest escape in Burnley's Premier League era. Now, clearly, you've watched a lot of football and you've watched Burnley a lot over the years. I guess let's dive straight in there with what have you made of Burnley this season? Bit of a weird one, I think. Very weird, especially when you consider what's happened since the departure of Sean Dyche and how the players just seem to have been, I would say, reinvigorated. Mm. I mean, I, I was I was baffled by the decision for Sean Dyche to go in the first place. Yeah. And yet then you look at the performances since and you think they're playing with a little bit more freedom. The results obviously speak for themselves. And it was a gamble, a major gamble, I think, to, to get rid of him. And yet it might be a gamble that ultimately pays off. Mm, definitely. I think that word freedom is something that we've heard so much of in the press by the players. Mike Jackson from fans, from other pundits, from, from the national media. It seems to be a reoccurring phrase and I think it's definitely something as fans that we were very conscious of towards the end of Sean Dyche's reign that perhaps that continuity and consistency that brought so much success under Dyche was no longer effective and we very much needed a change of direction um I guess with that in mind do you think it's too little too late do you I mean do you think Burnley can get out of this do you think they can survive well I'd, I'd be a hypocrite if when at the time I believed that Sean Dyche was the the best way of keeping Burnley up, and had Burnley got relegated, I was of the opinion that Sean Dyche was the best person to get Burnley back into the Premier League. That said, with the results that have, have happened since, and you often get, don't you, a, a, a bounce after a, a managerial change. Mike Jackson, and I think the the involvement of Ben Mee, I think, is crucial, mm. um, and obviously not. Uh, forgetting Paul Jenkins as well, they're getting the tune out of the players. And therefore, I think it, you know, the fact that three or four weeks ago, I was at Watford covering Leeds United and I thought Leeds were on the brink of safety. Yeah. The fact now that Burnley and Everton have hauled Leeds back in and you're looking at Leeds United's relegation running and you're thinking... They're fixtures, my goodness. Yeah. 
So, so all credit to Burnley to, to, and the players, because all of a sudden now they've given themselves a fighting chance. When I thought it was one from two for that last relegation place, now you're thinking it's one from three. And that's that's so much more comfortable a position to be in as a fan because the more teams that can possibly be down there, the more chance you've got statistically of staying up. It just it just makes it a more comfortable running. Um, one thing that I've always been really interested in, and you are best placed to answer this, um, Sean Dyche's football was in, and Burnley's football over the Premier League years has been incredibly effective. We've done something different to survive in a league that's very very tough for a side our bit you know our our size does it's not always good to watch uh, it's effective but it's very results orientated and it doesn't play to the fan who wants to be entertained in a global sport does that make is it difficult commentating on Burnley when they're in that phase when they're in that very defensive very rigid formation it must be tough it is tough but sometimes it can be it can be equally hard to commentate on Manchester City when they're keeping the ball all the time, mm. because you you know you there's the, you're waiting. It's like a game of sometimes it's it's like commentating on a on a training match. You know, defense yeah. against uh, against attack. I've never had a, a problem with commentating on Burnley's style of, of football, as you say. It's it's been effective. I think he's worked extremely well with his with the budgets. He's produced. Result after result for yeah. what this is the sixth successive season in the top flight, and you look at his net spend and you think, "Wow, how's he achieved that?" How's he done it? Mm. Um, so, and the fact that then he then got Burnley into 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 Europe was just incredible. So, I think regardless what happens now, um, it, it'll it'll always be remembered as a as a as a Burnley legend, won't he? Absolutely. Yeah, he has to be. We have to move away from the obsession that we have as a nation to be very polarised in our view. You can um, you can champion what Sean Dyche achieved in the last decade and quite rightly put him as, as a club legend and the most successful modern manager we've had. But equally yeah. at the same time, recognise that that had come to a natural end and it was time to find something different. Um, over the years then, I guess particularly in Sean Dyche's reign, because that is very much what we're wrapping up at the moment and, and, and paying him homage as he moves into his next role. Um, do you have any specific Burnley memories or any games that stand out for you in, in Dyche's time? No, in fact, if anything, it's probably from the time when I've actually worked with him. We, oh, wow, uh, OK. We, we, did a, we did a cup final to, together and... Uh, I think he'd, he'd taken his two sons down to Wembley as well. Uh, and at the time, I remember he was he was wanting to make sure that they were nice and settled inside the stadium. But my time with him, um, he's, he's, just, he's just a top bloke. He is exactly how you'd imagine him to be. Um, uh-huh. You know, you, the, the type of bloke that you could easily go for a pint with and just chat football too. He's just a really, really humble guy. So um, I, I enjoyed covering... Well, still hopefully we'll still enjoy covering Burnley mm. in the Premier League. Uh, but you know, it's I can breathe easy. You're the ones who are having to go through all this anxiety and torment as you have to suffer through the ninety minutes and then look for the results elsewhere. Uh, but no, I've, I really enjoyed my, my time with uh, with Sean Dyche. She was uh, top low. Yeah, he he really is. It's I'm going to start getting emotional as we as we bid farewell to him. <laughs> um, 
as you say, then obviously we've got five really crucial games now. And looking at the fixture list, the, the fixture gods have very much fallen kindly on Burnley. We, we seem to have um, much more. It's not easy because nothing's easy in the Premier League. And we have to recognise we are at the bottom for a reason. But we certainly have the more attractive of fixtures than, than Everton or Leeds do. Um, is there any particular players out of Burnley's squad um, that you feel can be the ones obviously we've not got Ben Mee in the squad Nathan Collins has stepped up fantastically alongside Tarke who do you I guess recognise as being the key players over the next five games that will help us in our bid to survive I think there's one player in particular who uh, has really we talked before about freedom didn't we Natalie and I just think that Dwight McNeil he looks a different player now yeah I mean, I know he's not scored for an absolute age and I know that he's not had a a, a goal from any of his various shots. I think he's, he's the, the most player in the Premier League with shots on target with yet to score a goal in the Premier League throughout the whole season. But these last two or three games, he is come back to the player that we all know he's capable of. Yeah. And I just think that it's... And I, having spoken to him a couple of times when we've been down at St. George's Park with, with England and in the 21s, and he's been training with the England senior squad and just saying what it was like, strikes me very much as a confidence player. Mm. And now I think that Mike Jackson and Ben Mee, they've obviously got into him to, to build him up a little bit more because he's starting to play that we all know he's capable of. You know, he looks a threat, whether it be on the left or the right, as it was against, um, against Southampton. And all of a sudden, he's looking a real, real threat. It looks like he's had a weight taken off his shoulders. So I, I would say that I always think he's a frustrating player because I think he's a player of his ability should be scoring more goals. Yeah. And I think that's probably the one reason that's held back scouts from making a bid for him at a, a bigger Premier League club. But all of a sudden now he's getting into positions where you're thinking, go on then, go on then. And I just think that Dwight McNeil, if he can continue playing as he has done in these last two or three games, then I think Dwight McNeil could be the key. Because all of a sudden you've got a player who can cause problems, maybe not necessarily score a goal on his current form, but also create chances too. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just it's exciting as well to see Burnley just driving forward. And it it was probably no surprise that um, the West Ham game, the first game after Dyche had left us, that we won our first penalty in over 12 months and our first penalty this season. And yeah. that's not that's nothing to do with Dyche. It's to do with the fact that Burnley, for the, for the first time all season, were having players running into the box, running at players, Corne, Dwight McNeil, they were, and, and playing the ball to Vegos' feet as well. It makes a massive difference. And... I think one of the things that will very much work in our favour is that for the past four or five years, other coaches and other clubs have known exactly what to do to nullify any threat from Burnley because we've played the same way for five years. Suddenly, at a really critical point before the end of the season, those coaches are going to have to rip up the book and go, we have no idea how Mike Jackson's Burnley are going to play. And I think that's a, that surprise element could very much help and work in our favour. Yeah. Um if before I, I, I let you go, um, I've just got one more question to ask you, I think, for, for our listeners. But um, if you had to, yes or no, I guess it's 50 50. If you had to put your hat on it, do, do Burnley survive? Oh. If you'd have asked me this three weeks ago, I'd have said it's going to be really, really tight. Yeah. Really tough. <laughs> but having watched, having watched Burnley at West Ham, where realistically you should have got the three points. Yeah. 
Having watched the home game at Southampton, where I thought Burnley were fantastic, uh, actually in the flesh, and all of a sudden now, and it makes a mockery of what's gone on in the previous 30-odd games where you'd had four wins all season, and now all of a sudden you've got seven points out of nine. Yeah. But that's what you want at this stage of the season. When Roy Hodgson performed miracles with Fulham 14 years ago, they won four of their last five matches. I remember. And all of a sudden now you're thinking Bur Burnley are playing with confidence, they've got momentum, and they've got a little bit of belief. And therefore, I would actually say that Burnley are probably, yeah, I think that Burnley might do it. Yes, it's what we love that to could, hear. Could that could be the curse of the commentator. It certainly could. Like, no, 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 no. We're going we're gonna to get rid of that. The curse of the commentator is, is done from, from here on in. Um, just very, very quickly then, before, before we let you go, Ian. Um, obviously, Burnley have been for many years now linked to the university um, that they set up uh, alongside Manchester City and Wembley. There are so many career opportunities now for um, our youth of today and, and our future leaders who want to, to go into business management uh, in football. Obviously, you've got a career in, in a long, long spanning career in, in football in your, in your role. I guess what advice do you give to our young listeners who are looking at perhaps making a career out of football or even following the same path as you do? Yeah, well, I, I know Brendan, Brendan Flood has been uh, an integral part of that, hasn't he? Has it? So I, I, see, I see Brendan from time to time and we talk about Burnley's travails when, whenever we do meet up. Um, the only advice I can give is the advice that was given to me uh, by John Motson, the, uh, the famous commentator back in 1988, when I wrote him a letter uh, as a teenager looking to try and get into this business. And he said, if you've got determination and enthusiasm, they're the two biggest attributes you'll require. Wow. Um, and it doesn't matter in what aspects you want to go into a, into a career. I think if you've got determination and enthusiasm, you can do anything you want to set out to achieve um, because you're going to get knockbacks and you might face times of adversity. Yeah. But if, if you've got that, that drive and that desire and that willingness to succeed, then I believe that you can. So when people ask me bizarrely now for ad advice on how to be a commentator, that's what I do. I would bombard every local radio station. I'd be sending in my, my emails and my letters to, to, to Radio Lancashire, just saying, can I help out? That's what I did when uh, I was growing up in, uh, in Yorkshire, in, uh, in God's County. Uh, just had to get that one in. Uh, oh, we nearly uh, got there, Ian. We nearly got there. <laughs> but, um, but that's what I would do. I would, just, I would just say that, you know, if you've got determination and enthusiasm, regardless whatever you want to do in, in, in any vocation, you can achieve it. Uh, because that's that's the most important thing. Definitely, what wonderful words. Um, I'm not sure Dan Jewell's going to thank you at Radio Lancashire now when he's going to get bombarded with lots of CVs and emails from our uh, our enthusiastic new future leaders. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll warn him that that's on its way. Um, Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Now you're covering the game on Sunday. Five Live do have uh, full coverage of that game and an exclusive commentary. How do our listeners tune in, please? Uh, BBC Radio Five Live. Uh, either on your digital radio or they've got this new thing called the BBC Sounds app, Sounds which they're quite, quite it's proud very of. Very good. But, yeah. Yeah. And the good thing is, is that you can press the rewind button as well on it, which is even better. So, yeah, Five Live, uh, it's the three o'clock commentary on Saturday. We've got the usual goal service. We get about two million listeners on a Saturday. 
so it can be quite frustrating that you're thinking, oh, why are they going off here? Why are they going off there? Mm. But we try not to miss any of the action. So I try to go off to the reporters whilst there's a goal kick. Um, so if, if we're all playing on board and the, and the gods are with us, then uh, you, you won't miss any of the action and it's on five That's line. True. You won't need to because Burnley are going to put six or seven past Watford. It's going to be it's going to just be <laughs> so dominant. You won't need to. Um, Ian, thank you very, very much. It's been a pleasure having you. Thanks for asking. Thanks, Natalie. Okay, so how are we feeling ahead of the weekend, Dave? Um, are, are, are we are we are we in uh, must-win game territory yet? I'm going to ask you this every game till the end of the season. Uh, we haven't had a must-win game yet, and this definitely isn't one. No. <laughs> For goodness' sake! Okay, <laughs> generally speaking, you must be absolutely delighted with the team's form in the post-Ash era, the way that Jackson's got them playing a much more pressing game, a much more attacking threat, a bit more free and a bit more easy. Um, and with the last three results we've had, we've got to be going down to Watford, absolutely oozing in confidence, shouldn't we? Um, yes, seven points from uh, from nine in the last three games is a, a magnificent return at, at any point of the season, but particularly um, where we were, we did need those points and it's kind of got us back up again and, and put not quite put us in the driving seat, but certainly when you look at the, the um, bookies' odds and also in terms of probabilities, I mean, there are models out there which model the probabilities of um, uh, teams' performance in the league and likely finishing position, it puts Burnley... At an advantage, let's say, in terms of where we are. Um, yes, there's still a long way to go and things can change in four or five games, but we've given ourselves a real um, fighting chance uh, going into those last uh, last five games. Um, and I think it's going to be more of the same, really. I think we've, I've, I've seen the, the, pr- the press conference, the pre-match press conference. Um, it is very much a game at a time. Uh, there's been nothing said regarding any... Um, developments in the manager situation, either in terms of a, um, a new manager coming in or even giving uh, Mike Jackson the position until the end of the season. And in some ways, I think that's the right thing to actually um, maybe keep him on his toes a little bit and have it a game at a time rather than sort of saying, oh, we'll give it you till the end of the season. And that kind of puts the pressure on and gives us maybe a slightly different perspective on things um, if that happens. So at the moment, game by game seems to be working well. And it's um, it, it seems reasonably happy with it as well. I mean, that's the other part of it is that um, uh, him and his team um, are dealing with that um, and getting the players ready for each game as it comes. Yeah, I mean, um, Mike Jackson doesn't strike me as the character that would approach the season any differently if if Pierce said to him, "Now you've got it till the end of the season." I think most people realise that's that is probably going to happen. He doesn't strike me as that kind of of individual, but I do I do see what you mean. Um, we're still waiting to hear on Corney. Um, I don't think it was that effective against. Well, I say this, it wasn't that effective. We ended up winning the game. But I did have a few concerns about the effectiveness of swapping, interchanging Vidra and Jay on that wing instead of them. And actually, weirdly, um, Ashley Barnes coming on towards the end of that game at, at the weekend very much replaced that physicality that we were missing from Corne's injury. Um, what do you think he'll do in terms of team and formation for that Watford game, Dave? Um, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I... I th- I was surprised that we went with that kind of um, um, well, not putting a recognised uh, winger on there. I think looking at the team and the bench, it, it would have made more sense logically to have Aaron Lennon on there starting, yeah. and have Aaron Lennon on one side, and um, you can have Dwight McNeil on the other. But 
I don't know. Maybe that'll be an option for uh, for Saturday. That might be a, a consideration to um, to start him. Although, obviously, he sees the players in training. He knows um, their levels of fitness and whether they are uh, right to start the game. So that that's kind of in in his hands. And and as fans, we have our opinions on things. But at the end of the day, it's it's the um, the management staff, um, Mike Jackson and his supporting team, who will see the players. And they will know who's going to be right for uh, for starting on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, go on then, Dave. Give me a score prediction. Um, I don't think we'll lose. Oh come on, Dave! We've got five games left. Come on, you can do it, my friend. I believe in you. I would love us to win. Oh, for goodness' sake! But I think it might be a draw. No, I'm going to go for a one-one draw. Well, you're wrong. But tell me who you think is going to score. <laughs> uh, oh, now you're asking. I think Dwight's due a goal. I think Dwight McNeil's going to get a goal. Yes, that's really interesting. I was thinking Dwight as well. I'm going to go a comprehensive Burnley wing. I'm going to say we're going to win 3 0. Um, I think that they're going to ride high on the crest of that wave. They're going to be pushing. I'm going to say that we're going to, that uh, Jay is going to score, McNeil's going to score, and Veghorst is going to score as well. Um, listeners, you know the drill by now, please. We want some score predictions from you. We want to know what the final score will be, who scores for Burnley and how they score those goals. You can tweet us at None and Ever. You can leave a comment on our Facebook page or you can email us at previewshow at noneandever.net. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Um, now, we have obviously missed out with us having that fantastic segment in there from um, uh, the match commentator, Ian Dennis. We did actually push back treating our listeners because, of course, we can't let them go home empty-handed, Dave. We have to treat them. So please, as ever... Can you delve deep into those pockets of yours and let our listeners have your miscellaneous stat of the week? Uh, yes, of course, we do have a stat of the week, and it's one which Ian is free to use in his match build-up on Saturday, if he wishes. Uh, Burnley are battling to extend their stay in the Premier League to a seventh consecutive season and a ninth overall. But since 2009, the Clarets have now racked up 299 Premier League games, meaning that the match on Saturday will be Burnley's 300th Premier League fixture. Uh, Our record to date is played 299. We've won 82 of those, lost 75, uh, sorry, drawn 75 and lost 142. Uh, In terms of goals scored and goals against, we've scored 295 and there have been 447 goals against. Uh, For those who are old enough to remember, football existed before the Premier League was established in 1992. And between 1888 and 1976, Burnley played 1,982 top-flight matches in the old First Division. That was prior to the more recent spell in the top division in its current form. Oh, that's a good stat, is that, Dave? I do love a good stat of the week. Um... Well, that's going to finish off our coverage, I think, listeners, of the game at the weekend. We are excitedly going to be keeping our ears tuned to that commentary on Saturday and see whether the Clarets can bring home those three points. Okay, moving on, Dave. I believe, as we record this preview show on Thursday evening, that it will be the final match of game week 34, which is the United-Chelsea game, and that's going to still be in progress. So I'm pretty much sure we're not got an FPL update, have we? 
Uh, no, we can't really do updates while the games are in progress, and it'll be uh, some, well, either very late on tonight or early Friday morning before the FPL update their table. So um, we're going to bring you a double update in our next preview show, which is when we're looking at the uh, Aston Villa home game, which takes place uh, next Saturday. Actually, that's a good point. We may as well pause here, Dave, and let's have a quick look at this because this is going to be something that our listeners are going to question as well. We, of course, have two Villa games in very quick succession, one home, mm. one are away. How are we going to deal with that on the on the preview show? Are we, are we going to do two full preview shows? Of course we are, yeah. When we, when we look at the preview show, we're only looking either at the home or the away fixtures. So, yes, there will be some repetition with them being reasonably close together, but we'll sure. we'll work around that. Don't worry. Listeners, we spoil you. We absolutely, I'd say we spoil you. Dave spoils you massively. Statman Dave's quiz question. Um, let's move on then and uh, let our listeners know what this week's quiz question is. I know they're all waiting with bated breath because that is clearly why they all tune in. What have you got for us this week, Dave? Uh, well, this week's quiz question is related to our stat of the week and looks back at goal scorers in Burnley's Premier League games to date ahead of our milestone 300th match on Saturday. Uh, Chris Wood, uh, with 49 goals, is still Burnley's top scorer in the Clarets' 299 Premier League games played to date. But three opposition players have scored eight goals each against Burnley in these matches. But can you name all three? Oh, what a cracker of a question. Well, I'm going to have a think about that and I'm going to give you my answer when we finish recording tonight's episode, Dave. But why don't you let our listeners know how they could submit their answers? Yeah, you can get in touch with us. You can tweet us or send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at no Name Never. You can send an email to the dedicated email address we've got, which is previewshow at knownanever.net. Or you can also reply to the post this preview show on either the Known and Never Facebook page or on YouTube. Indeed. Now, you're going to have to be quick um, because the answer to this quiz question will be revealed at the start of our next preview show, which we will look ahead to the first of our two games against Aston Villa, as we just mentioned a few moments ago. Uh, Oh, actually, no, we don't have a midweek game this week. It's next Saturday, isn't it? So actually, you've got lots of time, listeners. You have until 7pm Thursday to get your answers in, please. Um, Finally, then, before we let our listeners go, Dave, do we have any community news? Uh, well, I just wanted to say um, Burnley's away allocation for Saturday is sold out, so well done if you're able to get a ticket. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the game on Saturday, whether you're there at Vicarage Road in person or you're able to watch coverage of the match wherever in the world you are or to listen to the commentary uh, here in the UK. Um, if, like me, you're not at Watford and you're going to be at Turf Moor for the Burnley FC former Players Association dinner, that's to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the 91-92 division title on Saturday evening, that's in aid, in aid of John Pender, then enjoy your night, I'm sure it'll be a good one, and will be enjoyed even more if the Clarets have been able to pick up all three points earlier in the day. Yeah, they definitely will. And send us some pictures as well for anybody who's going to that um, anniversary night as well. We'll we'll retweet any that you send to us or tag known known and ever into the posts, and we'll uh, we'll share those on social media as well. Um, the only other quick community news from me: um, it is Burnley FC women's final game of the season this coming Sunday. They are at home. Um, it's two pm kickoff, and it is free entry. Um, if you want to go and watch Burnley women, um, a fantastic campaign from them. I think they've ended up fourth in the league. Um, they've they've had some phenomenal results and they, they've played really well since they were brought under the um the, the the 
umbrella of the full Burnley FC brand. So if you aren't doing anything this bank holiday weekend and you fancy cheering on our women um, at home for their last game of the season, 2pm at, um, it is the, it's their home game, which is the county ground. County at ground. Yes, it is in Leyland. It's the FA, is it FA Lancaster? FA Lancashire ground? FA um, Lancashire headquarters in Leyland. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Thanks Dave. Um, I was scrambling for my notes then for a minute because I'd written that down so I didn't forget and I did forget. Um, so yeah, do please support the women where you can. That's all we've got time for in this uh, podcast. Um, as ever, my thanks go to everybody who has taken the time to help us get this out there. First and foremost, our very special guest, obviously Five Live commentator Ian Dennis. Do not forget, listeners, that you can catch Ian um, with full live commentary on that game at Watford versus Burnley at 3pm on Saturday. Um, you can listen to that on BBC Five Live or on BBC Sounds. Um also keeping out on social media, our friends at the Rookery End podcast should be giving us some opposition view as well. Uh, not for the preview show, but we will put some soundbites out on social media for their thoughts ahead of that match. So um, obviously we always enjoy working with from the Rookery End. So our thanks go to them. Um, to Turf more Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. Producer Matt for knitting all of this together and getting that out there. And of course, the main man himself, Dave Roberts, for researching all of our previous show episodes and spending a phenomenal amount of time um, getting all of this together for you. Last but my no means least to you, the listeners, for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. The analysis team will be back on Tuesday looking back at that game at Watford and hopefully um, three points and five points clear of safety. That would be phenomenal if we can do that. Um, in the meantime, uh, Godspeed to all travelling clarets making their way down to Vicarage Ward. Have a safe journey. Cheer the boys on and bring back those three points. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. Until next time. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.